An Eichel backhander on goal save. Rebound and score! Barbashev in front. 7-1 Golden Knights. The party is on in Las Vegas. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. And live at LVSportsNetwork.com. What has happened here has been simply incredible. Not only is Vegas a hockey town... It's a championship town. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here is Ryan Wallace. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show Thursday edition right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Lindsey Brown, Chris Chapman, Ryan Wallace live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Oh, I can feel it from over here, Chapman. Unbelievable energy to start off the show today. Really excited to be here along with all of you to talk some hockey. Vegas Gold Knight specific, but plenty of things to get into across the world of the NHL. How you feeling today, Chris? Uh, a little stressed out. Are you? What, what's that song, Stressed Out? Who sings that? Uh, Is it's that a 21, 21 Pilots song. Great, great group. I should know that. My my kid's a fan of those guys. He's seen them in concert. And... Yeah, it's interesting when you uh, have those uh, musical groups that are just a couple people and you see how much noise they're able to make. Like, Royal Blood is a rock band that I really like. That's, that's yeah. small. That just shreds. That was on the pregame hockey playlist when I was getting in the zone in the glory days. Yeah, see, I didn't, I didn't realize 21 Pilots was only... Two guys. Like, yeah. I, I had no idea. And then my kid was like, yeah, there's there's only two guys. Coming up on a decade of that big record that they had that was stressed out. That's stressed out. out, yeah. My yeah. kid used to, he used to know, I mean, we're talking like he was probably like seven or eight. Yeah. Because I remember being in New Jersey with him one summer, and we uh, we were playing it, and it's been a hot minute since I've been back to New Jersey, so it's yeah. had to be a while. And, uh, yeah, he, he knew all the words to, to that, like yeah. the rap and everything. Yeah, that's the one thing that they did. Uh, they had, they had the little bit of rap piece. They had some some great harmony, some great choruses. I haven't really heard much from them in the last few years, but man, they were the hottest ticket in town about seven or eight years ago, and with all the kiddos. Yeah, see, and and to go the opposite direction, I like a band called Jungle. Jungle. And I believe they're British. Yeah. And from what I understand, like their their concerts, they have literally like fifteen guys on stage. Hmm. But, it's a little more of like the village people type <laughs> vibe, yeah, right? Yeah, it's it's yeah, but everybody's got a role, everybody's got a costume. Yeah, but I think jungle in general is only two guys. But mm. when they perform, they have this huge band with them, which is always super cool. I, I'm a big fan of that. I've never yet to see them. By the way, Jake Wagner, people may remember Jake. He was he was a DJ. He was involved with VGK setting up the music year yeah. one. He he sent me a message that he was a big fan of Jungle because I tweeted out one time that I'm I'm a big fan of Jungle and he 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 you know you private message me yeah yeah he's he's a big fan. There's so. nothing like setting up the locker room playlist, right? I know that that's usually a responsibility that kind of is uh, passed around. It's team to team. Uh, I I was tasked with that responsibility when I got older during my college days at Saint Anselm College because. Uh, if you're a freshman and you try to take over the Ox, let's just say you're not going to be in uh, anybody's good graces. Well, speaking of playlists, I think we found out as if there was any debate. What? Who was who was responsible for Dancing Queen being on? Oh, there is. I no mean, there, there never was there any never doubt. Was. Like and, he's and, playing it at his cup day for yeah, God's well, sake. Well, yeah, but it's the national treasure, Abba. So, God, I love some Abba. I I'm a big Abba fan too. The uh, the one regret from when I went to Stockholm is that I did not go to the Abba Museum. 
How could you not? Because I. It's like I, not getting waffles or something. Well, I did. I, I, I did so much. I went to this cool photograph museum. Mm-hmm. They had this other museum called the Vasa the Museum. Vasa. And they. They had this massive, like, old wooden ship from, like, three, four hundred years ago. Really? That I'm sank. I'm all about that life. Like, it sank. And they, they what, are they, what is it, dredged? Is that what they call it? When they, when they pull the whole thing up from the bottom? Sounds about right. I'll, I'll take your and word for it. And they, they built a museum around the boat. So the boat is huge. It's like Instead this. Instead of moving the boat, they built the museum around it. Now, yeah. that's respecting artifacts, yeah. people. Yeah. Well, no, I think, no, because they had to have moved it on land because it sank. Sure. If we had an artifact to unearth from the ground from the Vegas Gold Knights first Stanley Cup run, what do you think it would be? What would be the most likely to survive? Is it the Elvis wig? Would we build a, a, a museum around the Elvis wig? I think, yeah, because I don't think you bring the Elvis wig back. No, you have to have a different thing. Different year, different yeah. chapter. You have to leave it behind. That's going to be a challenge, I think, for this team. And a big question that I have in general, after you achieve you know, your life's goal, what you've been working towards since you were – putting on skates. I had skates on when I was two years old. I was dreaming to win a Stanley Cup. Now it's a little bit different for me, but uh, how do you come back with the same hunger and stuff? Well, it's just such a big culmination. I think you, you, you lean on guys like Alec Martinez, Alex Petrangelo, guys who've won multiple cups now. Yep. Um, you know, because I, I feel like if you talk to Alec Martinez, he's now got three. Yeah. It doesn't strike me that the hunger has disappeared from Alex Petrangelo or from Alec Alec Martinez. Well, he's weird because he eats pucks for breakfast, right? Yeah, I mean, well, like, literally, there's something yes. a little bit off about him. He's half goalie. But, but even Petrangelo, like, yeah. like, I I haven't seen any any less of a desire for him to go out. I mean, like, if there was if there was a guy who had the opportunity to kind of check out this season, mm-hmm. it was him for for obvious off the ice sure. reasons, and he came back from that, and he was he was I think he was better. After he came back, than he was. I think so too. Before, and he didn't lose the desire. So I and and you, you're going to have guys like Jonathan Marsh or so who were on that team year one and lost, mm-hmm. and know what that feeling is like mm-hmm. to get there and lose, and now get there and win. I don't. I don't think the hunger is going to go away. The question, Lindsay, is what. How do you replace the Elvis glasses and wig? Like, and what do you replace it with? That's true. Is that something that you have ready to go at the beginning of the season? Is that something that reveals itself as the season goes on? I, I, I'm unsure. But to uh, really think about probably my word choice there, the desirability is one thing. I don't think the desire goes to goes away, but the the bucket has been dumped out. You left it all out there, right? They, yes. they, they emptied it short summer, all of that. And to loop it back with our conversation about bands, you have your whole life to write your debut album and it might be the biggest hit you've ever heard, but then you got six months to make your second one. And now there's expectations, right? Well, that's funny. You mentioned that. Cause I, I, I always mention my son, the mm-hmm. musician, the, the prodigy, the, he's not a prodigy, he's but a he, prodigy. He's, he's really good. He's really good. And I tell him, even if you can never perform and and win a, a Grammy as a performer or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you can write music and you can write lyrics, you're gonna have a very successful career Heck yeah. doing that as well. Like you only need to have one hit song and you're set for life because everyone's gonna wanna uh, try to not with the residuals that they're getting on Spotify these days. I feel like that's, you need a that's few more. a fair but speaking of residuals, I think we do have Ryan Wallace. What? With us. I, I don't know if Ryan can hear us or not. And he's probably a, a little <gasps> annoyed by our by our conversation about jungle and, and twenty one pilots, but 
I don't no, know. I'm right. annoyed. Oh, my Sean. God. Technology. How about Clutch, that? Kevin, pound the rock. So, pound the so, rock. Here's, so here's the thing. Here's the thing that I'm, I'm, having, a, I'm having a hard time with. Great we job. go to test, right, Chapman? We go to test, and I'm getting an echo. I don't know why I'm getting an echo, but I'm getting an echo. And for, for full disclosure for everybody that's listening right now, we're trying out some things. We've got a brand-new studio. We've made mention of that over the last couple of weeks. But we're trying to make sure that all systems are go. You know when the season gets in full swing. Darren's often on assignment. I'm often on assignment. And so we're trying to get everything ironed out. So I'm testing. We have an echo. So we go to different backup situations, and then we're just kind of like running into the situation where we've got two minutes left, one minute left, and I'm frantically, frantically texting Chapman, and you just go radio silent on me. Well, what was that about, buddy? Well, I had to prepare because I, well, I... I had it. I introduced us. We were fine. Yeah, but I, I was texting you back. I mean, I, 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 Chapman I see... Chapman was just as bothered as you were, Ryan. Uh, yeah, I... He I, was, he was stressed. I was, we were trying I was, to get this figured out for the past 45 minutes. Yeah, so like... It wasn't yeah, like, like we, we like, got to it late. It, it's it's no not at all. It's frustrating, and and I think part of the issue was I think we had something else using the the brick the brick today. Somebody else was sitting in our spot, huh? It's, it's that's for my well, that's my stick slot. That's my locker room box there. Well, I, I I don't know. I think there was an aviators game this morning. What? Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe there was something that was not maybe disconnected properly. Mm. Well, either way, we're all connected now. And that's yeah, the, so, that's you're just, so you're just you're just laying blame everywhere. Well, yeah. no, I mean, well, it's certainly not my fault. <laughs> it never is. I, I sound good. Everything's good. You yeah, yeah, you sound fine. I'm, I, okay, I, I, I think job. it's cool that the three of us are here, though. I would agree with that. Um, you know, I I was listening in on your conversation. Like, I was able to hear you guys the entire open of the show and you know it's an interesting thing because as Lindsay was talking about right like you go out you win a championship and how do you follow that up that's going to be the big question for the Golden Knights going into this season is how do you follow that up when you've got a lot of guys that have just won their first title and a lot of guys that have won you know multiple titles you've, you talked about Alex Petrangelo hits his second Ivan Barbashev it's his second Alec Martinez he's got three now and you know the only thing that I can look at when it comes to this Golden Knights team is that I don't get the sense that they're ever in a situation where they're satisfied, Mm. right? Like, you know, missing out on the playoffs the season prior really, really ate at them. And and it was, it was something that was a talking point going into last season, how everybody in the hockey world was riding off the Golden Knights. And if you want to find one thing that gives you hope as a Golden Knights fan that, you know, maybe Vegas comes into this season still feeling like they've got something to prove, look at every single line out there. Look at every single future out there. Look at every single situation where people are sleeping on the Golden Knights as a team that has the ability to go back to the postseason or that has the ability to win another championship. All we're hearing is Toronto. All we're hearing is Colorado. All we're hearing is about all this other stuff and all these other teams. Most of the teams the Golden Knights have beaten already in route to a Stanley Cup. So I think the fact that even still, after winning a championship, there's this idea that the Golden Knights aren't going to get back there. I think if you're looking for fuel, if you're looking for a reason to, after a very short season or sh- short off season, come in with something to prove, it's right there for the Golden Knights. Well, I feel like there was a lot of that going into the playoffs as well. I mean, sure. everyone, every, believed him. Every, said Edmonton. everyone was talking about Wilhelm Defoe. And Leon Dreisaitl. <laughs> like, like that was the talk. Oh, my God, this guy's got 150 points. Edmonton, look at how well Edmonton played 
down the stretch, ignoring the fact that the Golden Knights matched them mm-hmm. every step of the way and still won the division. All the talk was about those guys and Boston. Oh, my God, Boston, look at the record. Oh, come on. It was a record-setting year. I understand that, but everyone slept on the team that that was the best team in the Western Conference. And that's what worries me because the motivation should be there. The want to repeat should be there to do something special. But now you're not sneaking up on anyone, and I think that's what – benefited the team last year because there's been so much expectation placed on this after the first season and I think it crushed them the last couple of years at least like through the DeBoer years where there's just you had the roster you had Petrangelo this is all before Eichel got here but you, you had this expectation that you're supposed to go deep and they did but they never got back until this past season and so that's where I, I you can take the slights as motivation but it's the under the radar and the expectation that worry me because that can be very crushing for for people so to to a degree, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, right? Like it, it's not like when the Golden Knights were in that Pete DeBoer era, they weren't getting to the spots that they were supposed to. I, I'd argue that it was more so a system situation, or it was more so a a way that the Golden Knights were playing or not playing that prevented them from getting over that hump, as evidenced by the fact that you bring in a new head coach in Bruce Cassidy. He changes some things up, talks about the goaltender-friendly system. That's paramount. Talks about playing, taking care of your, your defensive end first. The Golden Knights certainly did that, but then there was more creativity for the Golden Knights in the offensive zone, and I think that that's what really allowed them to flourish. Health was important. That's going to be a big factor in all of this, too. But more than anything else, I just think that it might have been not the weight of expectations, but just a a different approach to how the Golden Knights played the game that really catapulted them. And that's not going to change anytime soon. No, that's true. But the injury thing it worries me as well in terms of we have a lot of older guys on this squad. This is a veteran team, and it's not like they haven't been making the playoffs minus that one year where they didn't. And the, the big names that were added to the roster later were also playing deep into postseasons usually. When you have the short offseason, there's not a whole lot of time to heal and let alone prepare mm-hmm. your body. And so there, yeah. there's a hangover yeah. there. And we've seen, you know, that Tampa Bay figured it out. Pittsburgh figured it out. Uh, Chicago was every other year because they just had new teams. They had a different roster construction uh, plan. But it, it there, there, I have a lot of optimism. Why not? Because they're returning so many people. It's so odd mm-hmm. when you see that happen, especially with how much money some of these guys are making. And so I, that's a credit to the front office and how they've been able to finagle that and get some guys to take a little bit less to stay on the squad. And obviously there was a sacrificial lamb in Riley Smith being sent out. But number 19 will be alive and well on the ice this year. We learned that. I'm sure we'll get into that at some point today. Yes, yes, we will. Um, but so, yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Now, having said that, right, you start to think about that opening for Riley Smith, as we've talked about before, Lindsay and, and Chapman, you're not replacing Riley Smith with one player, right? You're, you're going to have different players kind of pick up the slack for what Riley brought to the table on the penalty kill, on the power play um, at five on five. Certainly now we have the knowledge as, as was mentioned earlier this week that Max Comtois has signed a PTO with the Vegas Golden Knights. You've got Paul Cotter. You've got Pavel Dorofiev. Um, you've alluded to Lindsay, uh, Brendan Brisson. He's changed his number from 24 to 19. And we'll hear from Brendan a little bit later on in the program. Um, Who's pushing legitimately for that spot? Because, you know, we kind of look at it objectively. We think Paul Cotter's got the in line, right? He, he had a great camp last year. He was part of the team. He had, he had some big moments, scored some big goals. But now you bring in a guy like Comtois. He's a young guy. He's got offensive skill. And Pavel Dorofiev had flourishes. Where do you see that going? 
Yeah, it's a good question. I I think Cotter, it's his job to lose because, first of all, he mm. works his ass off. Second of all, he's a scoring threat, and he's good in the shootout. Like, we have to talk about, like, different ways to utilize the roster as well, and we know how money he is in that situation. So there's also regular season considerations and then postseason considerations. I think they want to develop him. They want to give him that shot. But if Comtois comes in here and lights the world on fire, I mean, you got to go with hot hand. That's just hockey 101, right? And so if people give you a reason to – keep you there then then it's a different consideration but right now for me it's Paul Cotter's job to lose he's done enough for me I kind of agree with that although I think Comtois has a real opportunity to come in and 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 do exactly what you said set Mm -hmm. the world on fire I don't know him like I've never talked to him but I would imagine he he, he's gonna have a chip on his shoulder coming in here oh yeah and an opportunity to go from a horrible team like the Ducks have been over the last five years to Horrible's putting it nicely to potentially have a spot on a Stanley Cup defending Stanley Cup champion team like I don't think you need any more motivation than that if you're Max Comtois like if you're not playing to win the Stanley Cup you you, you shouldn't be out there so I think he's going to come in with that outlook like hey you know what this is an opportunity to rebuild my my career make a name for myself, and maybe win some silverware in the process. And I think he's going to push for that spot. I, I I really believe that because we've seen flashes of him when he's played against the Golden he's Knights. He scored well, six goals, two yeah, assists. So, I'm so, at his stats. I mean, we, we've all seen how good of a player he can be. Mm-hmm. I that's what he's brought in here for. Yeah. That, like, that's why you signed the PTO, right? Like, right. You know what you have in Paul Cotter. You know what you have in Pavel Dorofiev, but you want to push those guys. Right, like it, there's Absolutely. no guarantees here, and I think bringing in a guy like Comtois, who has all of that that NHL regular season experience, and you know that this is a player that's got offensive upside, but's got he's got to find a way to kind of put it all together in all three zones. But you bring him in to try to push Paul Cotter to to greater heights. You bring him in to try to push Pavel Dorofiev. You bring him in to create that internal competition. And and that's what the Golden Knights have thrived on over the last couple of seasons is that when you talk about a deep team, you need that depth in every facet of of the lineup. And that's what a Comtois brings to the table going into into training camp. Well, I think for this organization as well, like their loyalty is in getting better. Finding ways to be better. And I, I know we all have a soft That's spot. That's also a nice way to put we, it. We, we all like Paul Cotter. Like, there's, there's yep. no doubt about it. We, we want him. I, I feel like we want him to win this spot because we just really like him. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the reality is, if Max Comtois comes in here and he's better than Paul Cotter and he's better than Pavel Durafeyev, then Max Comtois is going to be skating out there on opening night. Yeah. Well, it's but, not like you have to send him looking that at far it. away either. Like, you can just send him down mm-hmm. to Henderson and call him up. Sorry to step on you, Ryan. Yeah, no, no, no worries. It, 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 you're also looking at it from one point of view, right? Like we're we're penciling in Michael Amadio here, right? Like we're we're kind of looking at this as a situation where you, there's one spot open, mm. and that's not necessarily the case. As good as Michael Amadio was for the Golden Knights throughout the playoff run, you have to still show out in camp. You have to still come to the table with what you did so well. Then, otherwise, you might have a hungry Paul Cotter take that spot too. So it's not just that there's one spot open. I think there's multiple ways to to look at this. And you know, outside of you know maybe your top six and your fourth line and William Carlson down the middle of your third line potentially. That's pretty much all that's guaranteed up front for the Golden Knights. You've got some players that are really going to be in a fight for two or three spots. 
Yeah, and the defensive group is going to be you can't crack it. Like that's the other oh. thing that also stinks. So like it stinks for the. I mean, I guess it's good because maybe you allow them develop to develop as a group, and then mm-hmm. they can kind of bubble up when in a few years some of these big rookies that they've been able to acquire. Like I'm really excited to talk to you about Lucas Cormier, Ryan, because mm-hmm. he's been a, a yeah. defenseman that I've had an eye on for a while, and he certainly I don't think he's ready yet. But I really like how how creative he is, how elusive he can be. He can be prone to some mistakes, but who isn't at his age and his size? But mm-hmm. he's he's a really interesting player to me. But um, there there aren't a lot of spots. Most teams aren't like this, right? Most teams aren't hard set in in so many spots. And there's a little bit more of a diversification of the ages up and down. So I also want to take that into account of having young legs at your disposal in case you need them to spot start, especially coming off a very shortened offseason where you need to have these guys who can play in all situations, not just where they're uh, not coddled, but where you have little bowling bumpers on where we're not going to put you out there where you can make too big of a mistake. But I want to see these guys thrown in the fire a little bit and get that experience. And that's that's the hardest part about this yeah. is that on the back end, I don't see an avenue for it, right? Like you look at the Golden Knights right now, they're eight deep. Petrangelo, Martinez, Theodore McNabb, White Cloud, Haig, that's going to be your starting six. Assuming everyone's healthy, you don't have any issues going through training camp, you know what the opening night roster is going to be on the blue line for the Golden Knights. It, it just is what it is. Then you've got Ben Hutton, last year of his deal. You've got Braden Pahal, uh, two years left on his deal. He's still a restricted free agent at the end of that. He was with the team throughout the playoffs, so it kind of gives you an idea of where Pahal is in terms of his development over, say, Caden Korzak, Daniil Miramanov. But all that being said, you got good play out of Miramanov last year, and I think Caden Korzak is really somebody that over the next weekend and some change is is going to have to put a really strong push if he wants to find himself in the fold there. But, you know, when you look at the Golden Knights, one through eight, one through ten even, Mm. like there's ten defensemen on this team that you could probably count on in certain situations in NHL games. And the really interesting thing about it is you've got some young guys that you can overcook to a degree because you still have that core six defenders um, really kind of, pushing pushing in their prime at the moment like there's no change that you're going to expect on the back end for the golden knights but you do have pieces you can put in there and that's not including lucas cormier who like you Lindsay, he's way I'm, down I'm the looking, list yeah he is way down the list but from okay. a from a talent perspective right like mm-hmm. this kid can cook with the puck on his stick in the offensive zone do the golden knights need that no not right now are they going to need that in a couple of years Maybe, but that's the beauty of it. You've got that backlog of young players on the blue line that hopefully when the Golden Knights are you know, in a position to move on from some of those more veteran players, you've got those guys ready to fill in the gaps, and that's how good teams are built. That's how championship teams are built, and that's how you extend a window. Yeah, the Caden Korzak uh, situation is interesting to me because you want him to push and maybe be with the team, but I want him to play, and and that's mm-hmm. it. like I think that's integral to his development. And, and a lot of these top stars, where people will ask, why isn't Brisson up here? Why isn't Korzak playing more? Why aren't we seeing these players? Because it's better served to have them playing top line minutes down in the AHL versus just riding the pine up here and just getting practice time. And like you don't want to have people stagnate too long, especially when they're young. It's one. It's different when it's Ben Hutton or you have veterans that are are you sitting there this is what they're brought in to do to stay ready but they're trying to still get better at this young age and trying to establish themselves and so sometimes even if they are that close I would still rather delegate them down to the lower level well we saw that it's, with with White Cloud and yep, Hague yep 
there there wasn't a spot for them. There were guys ahead of them, whether it was John Merrill or, or others. The organization certainly could have had those guys up with the big club, mm-hmm. but it was beneficial for their development, as you mentioned, the play in Chicago. And look, those two guys were a pair. And they still are. In Chicago. So how much did that help them when they got up to, to the to the NHL? They were so comfortable with each other that, that it wasn't really an issue for them to jump in and play NHL minutes together. Like and, and and now you've got a situation I think for Caden Korzak where you start to look at the the more veteran players on the Golden Knights their contract status. Alec Martinez has one more year left at UFA. I, I don't see any reason why the Golden Knights are going to move off of Alec Martinez because of how valuable he's been. You talk about that hunger to go back to back and win another championship, but. That's kind of the avenue, I think, right now for Caden Korzak. You want to continue to to develop and grow and be the player that can step into this lineup and be a proxy for Martinez mm. when that when that contract is is expired. And I think that's kind of the direction that the Golden Knights are going to go there. Yeah, and and it, with Alec Martinez's age and obviously the wear and tear, every year is going to be uh, basically, can you go or are you willing to still go? Because I, I just mm-hmm. it's, he's taken a lot of abuse over the course of his career, but I, I know how yeah. much he loves it. I'm, I, I forget what his contract situation is if he has one year remaining or if it's two, but I we're not looking to move on from any of these guys anytime soon, certainly not this year. And so it, it's really, like you said, staying ready for the future, but also staying ready in case there is an injury problem. Because when you're blocking that many shots and what the system asks the defenseman to do, which is so much, uh, sometimes that's going to happen. Well, thankfully they got mm-hmm. the reinforced shin pads and we can get the stim machines out. So I'm sure they'll be fine, but you know, things happen and it's not like we're in the playoffs anymore where it's do or die. You have to be out there. Like if you get banged up, just take, take a couple games. It's okay. And that's going to be the adjustment, I think, for the Golden Knights more than anything in the regular season is this is a team that knows how to win. This is a team that's done it all. Um, but it's also been a team at times that, that's chasing the first overall in the division. They want to win their division in conference. And I think that you, know, you might see a different, a different philosophy in that. We'll, we'll see kind of how things go. But I think for the Golden Knights, pacing themselves into the postseason is going to be incredibly important. You've got to get there first for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think for the Golden Knights – Finding pockets where you can get some young guys or just different guys, some game action is going to be important for them as they try to navigate the waters of looking to repeat as Stanley Cup champions. Because again, as we've talked about on the show so many times, the Golden Knights are the Stanley Cup champions. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we're going to hear from Director of Player Development, Will Nickel, as well as Brendan Brisson. The rookies were on the ice this morning. That's right, practice ahead of tomorrow night's game between Vegas and Anaheim. The rookie faceoff kicks off tomorrow night from the Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Rolling along here on a Thursday, it's the VGK Insider Show. Ryan Wallace, Lindsey Brown, Chris Chapman hanging out with you for the next hour and a half or so. As we mentioned, um, the Golden Knights rookies uh, hit the ice earlier this morning. There's a, a nice... Rookie face-off happening over the course of the weekend. The Golden Knights are going to play Friday night, tomorrow night, uh, at 7 o'clock at the Dollar Loan Center. And again, if you have not seen the Stanley Cup, number one, why haven't you done that? Number two, um, you're going to want to listen to me right now. 
The Stanley Cup will be on display, general public, tomorrow at the Dollar Loan Center from 5 p.m. to 6.45 p.m., okay? So go see the Stanley Cup, then go watch the Golden Knights take on the Anaheim Ducks, the rookies. Uh, they're going to be playing. It's the first opportunity in, in a game-type setting, and the intensity is going to ramp up a little bit. You've got development camp. That's a level of, inten- of intensity for sure, but now you get to put on the sweater. Now you get to go against a different team. I think that's really when you start to see some of those kids shine. So I'm going to throw this out here to Lindsay and to Chapman before we get into some audio. From, from a development perspective, from a, from a prospect perspective, who are you most intrigued by over the course of this weekend for the Golden Knights? Well, I already gave my answer in the first segment. I want to see the the progress of Lucas Cormier. I think that he took a little bit more of a role on the power play in Henderson last year towards the back half of the season as there were guys called up to the Golden Knights, and so I want to see what he's been able to do with that and if there's a little bit of more calmness when he's breaking out the puck because I think with his size, sometimes you can get intimidated if there's a forecheck coming at you. And so obviously, like you said, it's against other development prospects but that's where you need to see people dominate right like if you can't dominate mm-hmm. it at, at this level you're not going to be able to to make it at the next one and so I'm excited to see uh, his progress the most Chap, what about you Chapman yeah I feel like Cormier is, is a guy that I feel like we're all kind of waiting on to see mm. um you know I, I, I I'm looking forward to Brendan Brisson too because he he's obviously had a lot of hype um it's it's the kind of thing where we know what his his background is, right? He was he obviously because of his father. He's been around pros his entire life. He mm-hmm. played at Michigan, which of course is, if not the premier university in the United States, one of the premier universities in the United States. So he's a guy only because I don't want to pick Cormier, but he's a guy that I'm looking forward to the development of. Um, you know, I I, I think Daniel Cheka is another guy who yeah. who. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to because this now what his third season mm-hmm. with the organization. I want to see the step that he took. I know he played well in Henderson last year, but I want to see how he does in a setting where he's playing against other guys that are at his level, you know, not guys who may be on the way down from the NHL who are still ho- holding on or maybe guys who aren't quite ready. Like I feel like this is a better maybe opportunity to see him flourish mm-hmm. and he's he's a guy i want to see i want to see, i want to see how he does well you ryan so i'm going i mean as much as i want to see brendan brisson and, and certainly that's that's kind of the guy that i'm going to be paying the most attention to um jesper weichman like to me goaltending right like that's one of those areas where you're always looking to find that next that next player that over the course of time is going to fill in and be a, an important factor for your team and Tim Vikman's got the size, and I think in terms of Bruce Cassidy's system, you want to be able to get a goaltender that's got size, can make good reads, can allow himself to be in the position that he's supposed to. So it's going to be really my first look at, at Jesper Vikman in, in real time against teams, against different coverages and all that. So I'm really intrigued by him over the course of the weekend. That's that's one area that I'm going to keep uh, an eye on. But, you know, Chapman, you mentioned Brendan Brisson, and Brendan Brisson actually spoke to the media earlier today after practice talking about a little bit of, you know, what he was up to over the summer, what aspects of his game he's worked on, as well as a big change on his sweater going into the season. Here's Brendan Brisson. You mentioned competing. I mean, Will said uh, away from the puck, a lot of your emphasis on board battles, things like that. How much 
has that been an emphasis for you lately? Oh, no, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, all summer I was uh, really working on my pace and uh, skating and, you know, reload tracking is going to be a big, big thing that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to look to show uh, during uh, preseason games. And, you know, uh, I'm comfortable when I get the puck on my stick. It's just, you know, working to get it. Notable number change there. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, you know, first off, you know, I have all the respect for Riley Smith. And, you know, since first day he got here, he's been so uh, meaningful to the organization and not only organization, but the you know city of Vegas. And, uh, you know, it was uh, I've worn 19 my whole life. It was a you know pretty bold change, I guess. But uh, I reached out to some of the older guys on the team and, you know, just wanted to make sure it was all good. And, you know, reached out to Riley, too, saying, you know, if uh, you know, if there's a problem, you know, I'll, I won't switch. But, you know, he said, uh, just make sure you take care of her. So, uh, yeah, for me, you know, honestly, it kind of gives me motivation, too. You know, it's uh, he's such a good player and, you know, good person off the ice. So every day, you know, I'm just going to try to fill that role as uh, wearing 19. Why'd you, why'd you pick 19 in the first place way back when you first started? Um, uh, Jonathan Taves, you know, he was always a big, big part of my life growing up. You know, he was... Uh, just, you know, from my dad, he was always around and always giving me good advice. So uh, I think it was when I was at Shattuck, I, I chose 19 and I've worn it ever since. And, you know, when I had a chance to wear it, I tried to be, you know, as respectful as I could. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to wear it again. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Do you have family members that have 24 jerseys? Yeah, they got a lot of they got more 19 jerseys, though, but, you know, just from last year, 24, you know, I like that number uh, on my grandma's birthday. That's why I was wearing it. So, uh, but, you know, I'm glad to be back in 19 and, you know, uh, but still all, all the respect to Riley. What have you noticed with uh, Ryan's coaching style now that you're going to, you know, kind of take some games with him over the yeah. weekend? And no, I'm uh, really excited for that. You know, uh, just, you know, getting to know him during Black Ace and, you know, at camps, dev camp and, you know, it's, he's really detail oriented and, you know, expects a lot from, from all of us. So, uh, you know, every day he's going to push the pace and hold us accountable. So I'm really looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, there's a reason why, you know, he was on the bench the year he retired from playing. So, uh, and was a big reason why they won the cup. So, you know, he's a winner and I'm just excited that, uh, you know, he's, he's head coach. What were your experiences like Southern California growing up hockey? Was it Kings, Ducks? Was it, uh, where, where were your loyalties at? Yeah, no, for sure the Kings. I'm not a big Ducks fan. You know, growing up I wasn't, still I'm not. It's, uh, we play them tomorrow, so I'm fired up about that. But uh, <laughs> um, no, yeah, I mean, growing up in LA when they were going in those cup runs, uh, playing for the Junior Kings, you know, I was a Kings fan, not anymore though. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it was, you know, I feel like just throughout my, you know, childhood growing up there, I've seen the game grow so much there. And, uh, you know, there's a bunch of really good coaches out there and a good youth program. So, you know, it's still where I spend probably a month in the summer training there. There's a good group of pros who come out. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I love going back home and it's pretty good competition. And you know, it doesn't, it's not just, you know, California, there's no hockey. Like it's, it's growing there every day. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to, uh, you know, represent it. Is that where you train this summer? Um, I spent like, you know, it was a short, shorter summer this summer. So I was there for probably 15, 20 days there. And then I, I spent most of my summers last two years training in Michigan for five, six weeks and uh, skating at the U.S. program. And, you know, there's a good group of guys out there uh, that I, you know, grew up playing with and from USA or Michigan. And 
yeah, it's it's a good setup. So uh, I had a good summer. You mentioned all the work you're you're putting in this summer, and obviously you're wanting to prove yourself this this camp and, and heading into the big camp. What are your goals for 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 this season for you? Your expectations? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I uh, touched on it at Dev Camp. You know, uh, it's not my first year going into all this anymore, so I'm kind of prepared more. And uh, like I said earlier, you know, just working on my pace, getting pucks back, wall battles, you know, little details, and just gonna make every other part of my game. Uh, easier to play because you know I'll have the puck more and be supportive around the ice with my teammates line mates so yeah want to win and good summer so I'm, I'm excited to go into camp when you look at the Riley Smith departure I'm sure all of you guys are looking at that as an opportunity right yeah I mean you know obviously but you know he uh, had such a big role here and you know it's 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 hard to you know I don't think anyone could go in right away and, right. and fill his boots but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's one more spot and, you know, it's going to be pretty uh, competitive during camp and, but there's still a lot of good players here. So I'm sure everyone's going to be bringing their best and, uh, you know, that's just going to bring the best out of me too. That was Brendan Brisson as he addressed the media earlier today after the, Vol the Golden Knights rookies took part in uh, their first practice ahead of the rookie faceoff. And just to give you an idea, again, the Golden Knights will take on the Anaheim Ducks tomorrow, Friday, 7 o'clock at the Dollar Loan Center. Game 2 for Vegas will be on Saturday against San Jose, 7 o'clock, also at the Dollar Loan Center. And the rookie faceoff for the Golden Knights will conclude on Monday, Vegas, Colorado, 3 p.m., City National Arena. No VGK Insider Show that day. But, you know, you, you hear from Brendan Brisson, um, it's, it's compete level away from the puck, right? Like, that's kind of yep. what the big thing is for Brendan. Because you know that when the puck's on his stick, his shot's good enough, he's going to score. But it's all the it's all the little things that you've got to do away from the puck. That's really what I'm going to be looking for. It's not so much if Brendan Brisson pops when the puck's on his stick. It's can he go into the corners? Can he make the plays along the wall to put himself in a better position to score? Yeah, this is kind of the curse of being in such a good organization and being drafted by one that has so much talent is that Brendan Bersan is going to have to learn how to play a game that he's never really had to play before because he has mm -hmm. been that scoring type. He has been the guy on his stick, and with that comes certain neural pathways, right? And you talk about working away from the puck, but it's, as he said, putting yourself in good positions, making sure you're supporting the puck and not just looking for that pass for other people to dig it out for you. And so that takes time. That takes reps because hockey's so fluid. I mean, you could practice the same situation 18 different ways and you're still only getting like uh, one slash in 18 of those categories because each situation is kind of different and so he has he has a lot of growing up to do and it's not like you saw flashes of anything different in terms of improvement last season but if he wants to crack that at this roster or earlier than he's anticipated he's gonna have to find a way to make himself a little bit more of a Swiss army knife especially with how good of the, and deep this roster is and who he's competing against. Well, it's a lot of now, like what what you and I talked ahead, about, Ryan, the other day with with Comtois, mm -hmm. right? Like you've got to yeah. be committed to being a two hundred foot player, yeah. And if you want to play in, for Bruce Cassidy, and we we know that there are guys who have turned into two hundred foot players mm -hmm. since Bruce Cassidy's taken the reins as the coach of this organization. But one of the things that stood out to me with with his media availability was the respect that he has for the organization. And the respect mm -hmm. that he has for the history, albeit as short as it is for the organization, like I don't think he owed Riley Smith a phone call. Eh, I do. I I do. Well, I don't. One hundred percent. And the did. fact he that does. he did that, he did. I think, speaks to his character. Mm -hmm. Maybe more so than mine, because obviously I'm in the minority here that says he really didn't mm -hmm. need to do that. But 
the fact that he did do that, I think it speaks volumes to, to the respect that he has for Riley. The fact that he doesn't want to let Riley down by taking that number and then not being a good player wearing that number. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think it, it, it speaks a lot about his personality and, and who he is as a guy. Because he also mentioned Jonathan Taze, right? Another guy who is a legend. And the respect that he had for Taze growing up and the respect that he had for that number. Like, like the numbers to, 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 to fans, it might not be a big deal. I think it is a big deal. When, you, when you're the next guy in the organization to wear a number that someone who will go down as a legend mm-hmm. had, it, it, it's a big deal to me. And the fact that I felt like he wanted that number because mm-hmm. he respected Riley so much, but also because he respected Jonathan Taze, and he doesn't want to let those guys down. He wants to well, be successful wearing that number. That's why I, I think he absolutely owed it to Riley Smith to reach out and, and, and talk to him about it. I think it's absolutely why Brendan Brisson made it a point to, to talk to some of the veterans on this team. Like, you know, Riley Smith means so much. We've talked about it in, in, in the absence of, of Riley Smith now, and it's it's leadership, it's intangibles, it's power play, penalty kill, all situations. It's being an original misfit. Like, mm-hmm. those things are important to the five remaining misfits here, right? Like, it's important to Jonathan Marcheseau, I think, that, that he, you know, gets a call like, hey, I, I'm thinking about doing this. Is this is this okay? Is it not okay? And, and being willing in that moment where if it wasn't okay, okay, not a problem, not a big deal. And, and I think that there's there's an aspect of that too for sure. But, you know, one thing with, with Brisson in respects to this team, power play, right? We've we've thought about it. We've talked about it in terms of how do you find a, a one-time option a player that's willing to shoot the puck in any situation off of that one time or off of that half wall, that's a that's an area where Brendan Brisson might might open some eyes over the course of camp. Yeah, but he has to he has to earn that spot, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. If you're just a power play specialist, you're not going to make it in this league. I don't care how good you sure. are, right? Yeah. Like you can't be. We're past the point. And I know he's not a defenseman, but there's a time where you could dipsy doodle at the blue line and not play a whole lot of defense and still get a lot of make a lot of money and and score a lot of points, and people would just get over it. We'll put you with somebody that's defensively responsible, and we'll do it. But you can't do that anymore with how skilled this league has turned into in the last five or six years, where it's every single line. I mean, we saw the roster that won the Stanley Cup last year. Every yeah. single one was a threat. And so Brisson has to prove that he can play that 200-foot game, uh, adhere to the standards that Bruce Cassidy has uh, set forth for anybody in this organization, not just in the Golden Knights team. And then he has to find a way to piece it together consistently night by night. Like, that's so much to ask. And so that's yeah. where it's that's where I don't just choose, I don't just put Paul Cotter in the position that he is because I like him and I think that he's a good personality and that I think he could be on the ice. But I think he's shown that he can have those streaks. He's still figuring it out himself. And he had a ton of time last year. He had mm-hmm. a ton of mm-hmm. opportunities. And some people are able to take those and run with them a little bit, or skate with them, I should say, a little bit quicker than others. But it's, as you said, this is his second year. This is his second mm-hmm. year. And so if he's able to take big-time jumps and become a force on the Henderson Silver Knights this year, I think you take a look at him as the season goes on and you call him up and you see if you can get something like what they did with Dora Fiev towards the end of last yeah, season. You're like, absolutely. you have the hot hammer to put you in. And so, but you got to earn that. And he has a lot, a long way to go. And I think he's on a great track. And I mean, he's going up to Michigan. He's hanging out with his friends. He's, they're doing what needs to be done because that's as good of a group and, and a bubble of talent as I've seen in the last, you know, 15, 20 years. But man, mm. you got to, you got to really, you got to bring your best game and then find a way to elevate it. And he's still figuring out how to be a professional. You know, it's, it's yeah, a lot to and, ask. And, 
and that's and that's where he's supposed to be right now. Yep. And I think that that's the, that's that's really what it kind of boils down to. It's you want to see strides out of Brendan Brisson over the course of this training camp. You want to see him in these next couple of games really do some things that make him pop, not just when the puck's on his stick, mm-hmm. but away from the puck as well. And if he continues to do that and continues to grow, there might be an opportunity. I, I don't know that it's going to be an opportunity that presents itself right out of training camp because you do have so many players that have been around and, and were a big part of the Golden Knights last year, but it's all about development. It's all about getting better, and that's really what the next couple of weeks are going to be about for the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's take a break and come back with more on the VGK Insider Show. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Fun time here on the VGK Insider Show, rolling along on a Thursday. It's Ryan Wallace, Lindsey Brown, and Chris Chapman. Got into replacing Riley Smith a little bit more. It's going to be a big talking point, I think, for the Golden Knights as we really look ahead to next season. Uh, But also, again, the rookie face-off that comes to Vegas starting tomorrow. The Golden Knights will take on the Anaheim Ducks tomorrow, 7 o'clock, Dollar Loan Center, Stanley Cup on display 5 to 6.45. So if you have not seen the Stanley Cup yet, I'm telling you right now, go out there, hang out with Stan. It's awesome. You won't regret it. I promise you. And then the Golden Knights will play again on Saturday against San Jose, 7 o'clock, the Dollar Loan Center, concluding on Monday against Colorado, 3 p.m. City National Arena. We're going to look ahead to hour number two. Three players, in our estimation, who have the most to prove next season. We're going to get to that, one-timers, and catching up with Chapman. We're going to talk a lot about food in hour number two. I'm telling you, it's going to be great. Oh, yeah. We're all excited about it. We'll catch you in just a few minutes. It's the VGK Insider Show.